Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Telegraph NRL podcast. I'm Brent Reid, and this episode has come to you from Bolton, where France is based for the World Cup. In this episode, my guest is, is Sydney Roosters coach Trent Robinson, who is director of rugby with the French team. Robbo, welcome. Thanks, Reid. Director of rugby. What, what, what does that mean, Robbo? Yeah, what does that mean? It's... Uh... It's a bit more, uh, I guess, medium long term than, than the coaching of just the World Cup. Uh, so the, I guess there's two parts to the role. It's to assist uh, at the World Cup. It's to assist the coaches and uh, well, all the staff in putting in uh, good processes to, to help performance and also uh, help the players. So that's been the, the short term focus. But uh, the longer term bit is setting up a system in the French team to... Uh, lead towards 2025 World Cup. Um, that's back in France. Things that we continue from this World Cup through to the next one. Let's look at your your relationship to France because the first time I met you, I reckon it was 2003 yep. to the, in Toulouse. You were coaching. You were coaching in Toulouse at the time. Yeah, I was playing in Toulouse. I think uh, yeah, France played a really good game uh, against Australia that day. But you you were based in France for a long time, weren't you? How long did you spend over? So I had two stints there. So my relationship, I went from 2002 to six, played for three years, coached for one uh, at Toulouse, and then I came back to the Catalans in 2011, 12. Uh, to start my head coaching sort of uh, venture there. Uh, and so that's obviously the footy reason, uh, but my partner's French. Uh, my kids are you know, half French, half Australian, and so there's not only the, the link I had in those six years, but there's the family link with uh, my, you know, my, my family uh, have, lives in France now with, um, uh, you know, with... Uh, cousins and parents of all the kids and, and, and all of that and, and my relationship is sort of ongoing. Is there something you love about the French culture or the French way of life or French people? Often tell, I often t- told the team here when I arrived, France changed the way that I lived and the way that I looked at things and, you know, you're in your 20s and you move away from Sydney and you, you, you believe that there's this bubble that you live in and everything's all important and going to France gave me a really good perspective on on life uh, and gave me a life obviously with my partner and my links to France and the things that I loved about the way that they uh, they lived in France, the, the the value that they have and then also it gave me a perspective on rugby league. I, I, I was out of that bubble of rugby league and I realised I loved it even though they didn't love it as much in, in France as they did other sports but I realised I loved it and, and that reignited my love of the game. You speak fluent French. You speak French at home or? Yeah, I speak French with Sandra, my partner. I speak English with the kids, but she speaks uh, French with the kids and obviously with me. So that's why, you know, a lot of culture gets passed through the language as well, the way that you form it. And um, so, yeah, that's a daily uh, thing in our household. Can you give us a bit of French? See, everyone always asks. You've just heard me speaking French all this morning with all the players and then you go on these shows and people ask you to say something in France. So, in French. So, you you really want me to give you some French? Give us a little bit, just something. Allez le bleu. I think everyone understands that. But When you're in a camp like this and you're always speaking French, it it sort of immerses itself and it helps with your – you're, you're used to the language, right? Yeah, it, it's it's been so – because I speak with Sandra at home, mm. 
and I don't I haven't been able to get to France for three years to then come back here and and get back to France for a week, but then also get back into the French team and and speaking French and immersing in the culture. Uh, yeah, it's just deepened that that attachment to the team and the, and the country again, but also the subtleties that come with, I, I really enjoy coaching in French. I had to do it at Toulouse and Catalans. And so coaching again in French, um, it also gives you a love of the details of the language because you have to be quite meticulous about how to get things across. And that also helps in English when you go back to the roosters, that the language really counts as well as lots of other things. But um, I've really enjoyed um, just the subtleties and the humour that's in in the French. The French French way of playing the game is it's they've sort of always, I guess, had a a, a style or a yep. you know is that something? Well, the game over there's had its ups and downs yeah. and struggled a bit. Like, is that something that's been lost or? or yeah, it's a really interesting thing, right? So, because the. The, the biggest teams play in the English competitions, obviously the Super League um, for Toulouse last year, but now the Championship and Super League for Catalans. It's um, it's become a little bit more English-fied, the, the style of play, because of their influences and also the amount of foreigners that have come over. So that that's the, the bit about how do we create an identity when you know every French team that plays in those competitions has the majority of the decision makers and players that are foreign. So when you strip that away and you get back to the French players, it's creating that identity. And and you asked me the question at the start, that's a big part of my role is, is how do we create a language and identity that is uniquely French um, at this World Cup, but also over the next few years. We've spoken about the World Cup in 2025 in France. I mean, that's the long-term goal, right, to... Uh, not just for this team, but for French Rugby League to be, be in a position to capitalise on the World Cup in 2025, right? French Rugby League's, it's been stagnant for a while um, internally and that's because Rugby League people only circle with Rugby League people and, and, and that's that's our swimming pool and, and because it's not on national television, the, the, the local competition or the French competition, um, we haven't got a platform to grow uh, our game, Catalans have done an amazing job, and so have Toulouse. But it hasn't it hasn't widened the number of players that are playing. Um, so what the World Cup does is it gives us a platform to go to the bigger cities to to show our, showcase our game. You know that it's known, um, but it's not loved as widely as what we want. Um, so the World Cup will give us a platform. So that's that's not the end goal. The end goal is not just the World Cup. We want to perform well and 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 host the great World Cup, but we also want to use it as a platform to improve a wider audience to rugby league. Let's take a break and uh, come back with Trent Robinson. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cron. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns podcast wherever you get podcast welcome back well Trim, let's talk about this world cup a little bit yep. um 
the performance against England, obviously, you know, obviously started well in this tournament. Um, then played against England. It was, I mean, that that a go. But you know, obviously, obviously the English sides um, probably a little bit, well, with due respect, a little bit above France at the yeah. moment. Obviously, now you got Samoa. It's a big game yeah. because it'll decide who plays in the quarter final. What, what have you thought? Or, or what's your impressions of your team so far in this tournament, and and then looking ahead to that Samoa game? Yeah, so we played Greece in the first game, um, and we had to be. Uh, we were building our style of play. Um, we didn't need to be too creative in that game. We knew if we worked hard at the, the basics of our French style um, that we would um, have a good performance, and we did. Um, but then we we went a bit harder in the next game against England. We, we needed to change the belief about what's possible uh, in the French jersey against England. And, um, you know, they went up 18-0. We got it back to 18-12 halftime. Uh, so the start of the first halves were the start of the first half and the second half. Um, the power of the, the 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 opposition and the athleticism sort of um, uh, was tough for us. And then, but our fight is there the, the the fight of the players and the work ethic. So when it got into some arm wrestle areas, we we pulled it back uh, and we kept fighting right to the eighty minutes. So I really the character of our team um, is really high. Uh, and so that was a that was a good performance, but um, yeah, we're playing Samoa, so high talent team. Um, you know, had a good performance against Greece on the weekend. They're obviously disappointed with the English English game, um, but as I said, we've got to bottle our strengths that we feel like we've built. We feel like we're building our game. Uh, and we need to be bold and go after it against Samoa. What was the sort of realistic expectation when you came into this tournament? That's always a funny one with uh, with the the French. It's very much, you know, to be honest. I think before Samoa recruited a lot of the players, it was very much, you know, uh, beat Samoa in the in the last game, and then the recruitment process sort of took place from uh, Samoa, which which was great. You know, creating really good interest and playing for their families, and then that dampened expectations. And our thing was to. Before we got back to that, which we already have this week, was build our style, get belief, create a game plan and trainings that go to beating those oppositions and then executing those. So um, we knew that Samoa got much better um, in the last couple of months and now it's for us to, as I said, bottle our strengths and go after it. We have to believe that we can uh, beat Samoa um, to go out and produce a performance. It's funny you mentioned we talk about Samoa, and um, uh, I was talking to someone about Origin this week, and Craig Bellamy said one one of the things they thought Craig found hard in Origin was coaching against Cam and Billy and Cooper, and you know being in a video room and saying, you know, this is his weakness. We need we need to smash him. Right, you're going up against yeah. well, Joe's an obvious one. Joe Swalihi. Are, are there any other Roosters guys in the team? I yeah. can't. Yeah, well, that's. A, I mean, it was Rads on the weekend, yeah. and then uh, Joey this week. So uh, it's a yeah. Like I, I know what. Um, it's a funny one. I'll never take a rooster's hat off. That's that's you know that's. I think people know by now. That's my home, and I, I love the club. Um, but I've got a rooster's. Uh, I've got a, a French shirt on at the moment, and our thing is is to tactically win. You know, I'll never reduce one of our players to, um, uh, you know, to to wear 
um, there, there's any disrespect there. But if there's holes that I haven't coached into those players, <laughs> you can, then you, you're going to then I should coach against that and then go and fix it when we get back to Roosters training. So you can give us an insight where, 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 you, where, can, where can you exploit young Joe? No, I won't. Uh, well, I felt like he improved a lot from week one to week two, and it wasn't. Um, based on opposition, it was based on um, a lot of his positioning. Um, I, I felt like he, he grew a lot from one one week to the next. So um, I was looking at him quite uh, intently about his positioning to see if there was anything that we could uh, yeah. we could look at. Well, they were a team that improved a lot from obviously Gat. Well, they had to improve Samoa, didn't they? So um, I, I assume you you expect the the Greece Samoa rather than the England um, Samoa, right? When you play against them. I expect them to walk in confident from that that, that Greece Samoa game, and and we need to uh, attack them with some of the the traits that that England did. You know, you, you don't expect them. Uh, you could see that they were underdone. Now they've had two games coming into this third one, um, but there are some things that, that that I feel like we do really well. That that and we need to do really well in this game. We need to have. Um, you know, eight and nine out of tens from a lot of our players for for us to to, to have a chance to beat them. What, what would it mean to French rugby league to to get to the quarters? Yeah, it's belief. It's it's there's so much pride. I think if anybody, I think you know, we, we talked about when you were there in two thousand and four, and you can rugby league people in France they fight hard to be rugby league people, and they're really proud. Um, there's a deep history of that that's been passed on from generation to generation. Um, but they've always felt like the poor cousin of, you know, either the Southern Hemisphere or the English players and, and, and supporters. And we want to give them something to cheer for and, and not just a good game. We want to give them a victory. And, you know, our, our task is to try and do that on Sunday, uh, but it's also to grow that belief. And so year on year, we become that team um, that not that they have to support just because they are French, but they they believe in and they can see the characters that they like on the footy field. So, um, yeah, it, it would mean an incredible amount for all the the, uh, the the loyalty that they've shown over generations. People probably don't appreciate appreciate where French rugby is placed in or rugby is placed in France. It's, it's almost a mirror image of Australia, right where. Rugby league's very much the dominant code and rugby union's the... Well, if you do that times possibly 10, the amount of money that's in uh, French rugby union is incredible, the, the amount, which is why we see players sort of leave their countries to go there all the time. And and then, you know, we've got the, the professional, you know, provinces or states of, you know, whether it's New South Wales, ACT, Queensland, Brumbies, and, and we, we've got one professional team now in France um, and most of them are filled with half foreign players, players from Australia. So it's um, it's played mostly in the south of France, centred around sort of Toulouse and Perpignan. Um, but it's, uh, as I said, they're incredibly loyal, um, but we're not on national television. We're not on television at all. Um, so therefore, the interest doesn't spread outside the the usual crew. Yeah, well, it's exciting times because um, you know if you win, as I said, if you win, uh, the, the, this weekend the game Samoa. So um, you know, be, uh, I'd imagine, as you said, the goals 
to be peaking at tw- in 25. So if you can get to a quarterfinal now, yeah. uh, it gives you a lot to work with, right? And there's some there's some good players in the, in this team. Yeah, I really. Um, they're such a good crew of guys. They're such a good bunch of guys that that live and breathe the sport, and um, they're desperate to learn. So um, our thing is to create a strategy to beat Samoa. Um, train that belief into them and, and, and work hard towards that and then we need to execute at a really, really high level um, and we need to sort of dance into that last 20 minutes with within striking distance because I know our heart will be in the game right for the 80 minutes. Um, uh, but it's exciting, you know, with the, creating that belief in the team is really important. Well, that's a good note to end on. Or is it au revoir, is it? Yep, au revoir. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Telegraph NRL podcast. We'll keep dropping episodes from the Aussie camp and the French camp and assorted assorted other camps into the feed throughout the World Cup. And remember to follow or subscribe to this podcast for your updates. We'll have another episode for you very soon. See ya. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilin sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats, and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I catch killers early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.